Radio Pulpit on 657 AM. This is I Am Live on a Friday evening. Happy Friday to you and your family. Um, and uh, tonight we're talking to Nzikim Kize, uh, who basically is going to be telling us about uh, social entrepreneurship, a concept that uh, the first time I heard about it, I was quite confused that this is even a thing and I couldn't understand how one could monetize such a thing. But ever since then, I've learned a bit about it and I've been, um, I suppose, educated. So I'm hoping that with tonight's conversation, um, you can also have some light shed upon you. And this could be something that you could potentially pursue. How are you doing, Ziggy? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, do you have any plans for this cold weekend that we're stepping into? Uh, definitely just to stay warm. Um, I think as a person who does enjoy movies, it's always welcome when there's a cold weekend. Because <laughs> um, that's every excuse in the world to just grab popcorn and snuggle up and catch up on movies. Yeah, Don't you find it incredible how things have changed from us being entertained by only SABC 1, 2, and 3, and ETV. And now there's just so many options for like Ooh, consuming Jonga. content. <laughs> the way I am so happy that there's more options because we were that household that never had DSTV, right? So we always just only had those four channels. Mm. And now I'm just like, whoo. Thank you for the options, literally just for the movies, because sometimes I'll, I'll flip by those traditional channels yeah. and I'll see movies that I'm like, ah, guys, but this is like so old. Or, um, I mean, I think the other day I was watching one on one of the channels mm-hmm. and they've got ad breaks. And I was like, guys, a two hour movie takes three hours. I know, I can't say. <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, the current present that we're living in is quite an awesome one. So I think we can also get into a bit later um, a conversation about how, what you, how you have seen modern technology and the way that we interact with each other in this modern world um, has helped the field or the area of uh, social entrepreneurship. But otherwise, tell us a bit about who you are. I'm just going to get into your synopsis right now and then um, hear from you the horse's mouth. So Un Zikim Kize is the founder of Ment Her, a global mentorship network. Um, and she's the author of My Hall of Mentors. Uh, and, and she's recently completed her master's in social innovation. Very, very interesting. What's social innovation? Thank you. Um, so social innovation, uh, I suppose, is just a nice way of saying a combination of social entrepreneurship and social impact. Um, but really, the, the module, the, the course rather, was designed around mm-hmm. being future forward and future thinking. So there were elements in the, in the course that focused on human rights, gender and development, um, as well as climate change. So it was really thinking about innovative social solutions uh, pertaining to all of those things for the present and future context as well. Um, there was also elements in the module that focused on um, mm-hmm. microfinance and alternative economic models. You know, so it was really, I suppose, uh, an overall disruptive approach to uh, mm-hmm. traditional entrepreneurship. Oh, that's quite interesting. Now, obviously, the word social, whenever we hear of companies doing anything that's related to social, making a social impact, we always think of it as <laughs> a way to avoid tax. <laughs> um, and, I, and I know that there's a, there's a lot more to it uh, than that. And I'd like you to expand on that, especially for the layman who 
only understands social entrepreneurship or when a company does anything of that likeness um, as being doing something free for the community. Um, what are the things that you have found um, or the myths or the things that people don't fully understand about social entrepreneurship as a whole? Yeah, so I mean, when you run a social enterprise, or if you are a social entrepreneur, um, it's a combination of pursuing purpose mm-hmm. or impact and profits, right? So you don't um, necessarily always make a profit, but sometimes it's just a question of generating enough income to keep the business sustainable. But the, the drive of a social enterprise is the social impact, whereas the drive of a traditional business is profit maximization. And that would be profit maximization at any cost, you know. So it's um, if they need to retrench people to make their profits, they'll do it. If they need to, Mm. um, as we often see big corporates damaging the environment, um, not taking care of staff, um, committing a number of different violations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The end objective for them is profit maximization. And social entrepreneurship comes in and says, um, how do we create this product or service, but do so in a way that's good for people, that's Mm -hmm. good for the environment, and that's good for profit as well. Um, and I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that social enterprises can't make a profit. And that's not true. You are definitely allowed to make a profit as mm-hmm. a social enterprise. What is different in how you make a profit is your profit motive and how you would go about um, that particular journey. You know, so um, you, you wouldn't expect a social enterprise to cut corners. Um, you would expect a social enterprise to be considerate of their overall carbon footprint or their impact on the environment or how they um, treat their staff, things like that, you know. Um, that doesn't go to say that social enterprises have to consider absolutely everything. So, for example, if you are a small startup mm-hmm. and you have decided that you want to be in the waste management business, you know, because, you know, Soweto and the rubbish in the area annoys you. So you've started recycling that. Right. Yeah. So you're recycling and that's a that's a social enterprise. Um, and but but you're small. Right. So you mm-hmm. might not have the capacity to um create certain benefits for your staff, right? So that mm-hmm. might be something you're mindful of, but it might not be something you're able to do. That doesn't make you any less of a social enterprise. You're still a social enterprise. Ideally, it would be that as you grow, you're able to um, grow and continue to treat your people well while doing your social mission well. I completely get you. Um, what would you say, like, living in South Africa and also knowing the state of a lot of townships within the country, uh, what would you say are some of the... Um, social endeavors that you feel like need to be pursued within the country just to for the sake of impact yeah so definitely not just in south africa but across the world in general you know and this Mm -hmm. is something that um, i like to use the guideline of the sustainable development goals um and these were agreed on by several countries at at the united nations um i think in 2007 or 2017 whenever it was was. 2015 Um, Yes. So mm. prior to that, there was um, the Millennial Development Goals, and then they upgraded those to the SDGs. And those are 17 different goals that across the world, there's been an agreement that these are the things that we need to focus on in order to create equality in the world and to move people out of poverty, you know, and a lot of those um, relate to our context as well, you know, so there's mm. goals around quality education. And I think that's a big thing when you look at the levels of illiteracy amongst our population, especially the youth. Um, there are goals around uh, gender equality. And that's a big thing when we look at um, 
violence against women and children and femicide and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, there is zero, there's a goal on zero hunger. Um, and South Africa for us, we are an agricultural nation, but we're also a water scarce nation. So I think we need to take um, more due consideration around food security and how we are um, planning for the future to make sure that we're able to produce our own food. But not only that, um, South Africa is... Mm-hmm. It's a country that's a refuge to a lot of other Africans, you know, so our numbers are increasing exponentially um, every time there is disaster or fights or pol- political instability in our neighboring countries and, you know, going further north. Um, so we really need to be mindful of how we're we going to be able to feed all these people as they come here, you know, and one of those other goals as well is around um, clean water and, and clean energy. And those are things that we need to think about because we use water and electricity all the time. Um, and then an, an, another goal that I think is also Im- important for us is mm-hmm. um, sustainable cities, which would speak to, you know, building homes and, and, and so forth, which is, I mean, when we look at a lot of our population as well, a lot of people still live in informal settlements. Um, a lot of people still don't have access to clean drinking water as well as um, proper f- sanitation facilities, you know. So all of those things um, that we see on a daily basis have uh, an umbrella SDG goal that they belong to, you know, and for people listening, I would say there's no, there's no question around, you know, coming up with this grand, disruptive, innovative idea, like, no one's asking you for that. The, The question is, when you walk out your door every day, when you're commuting from home to work, or when you're commuting from home to the shops, what do you see, right? Like, what do you see in your streets? What do you see in your community? What do you see in your neighborhood? What do you see along that journey? Where is there a need? Where is there a gap? fix that um and and if we all fix that whatever that is in your context um we can then slowly begin to build a better country and to resolve a lot of our socioeconomic challenges i love the fact that um you brought up the global aspect of it uh because i think one thing that we as as a continent and also as a country specifically uh, I feel like we do need to learn to think more globally however um, at the same time you raised a very important point because I feel we live in the world of the Elon Musk and the Jeff Bezos um, you know and the, the so many people who we look up to and they've become part of our everyday conversation to such an extent that we all feel like we need to be aspire to become those um, types of innovators um, and also those types of or rather even making that much money in terms of you know being a billionaire and being the CEO that is known and and who is famous um, Mm. what are what are your thoughts on those minor impacts that a person can make um, without you know aspiring or rather feeling as though they're not thinking big enough yeah, you know, so without getting into um, debates around capitalism versus socialism versus oh, please, communism, yes. <laughs> um, and without discussing whether you know people's money should be limited and things like that, yeah, um, I think there there is. You've literally now made me curious as to what are your thoughts around that, but it's a conversation we'll have another day. Definitely <laughs> a chat for another day. Um, so I mean. I think so. I think this is important specifically for a South African context, and mm-hmm. I think any other country that 
whose popular culture is associated towards the West, right? Mm, mm. And the West being America, right? That we've, we kind of have this buy-in of the American dream and, you know, anyone can be anything and you can maximize and you can do the best. And so it's kind of glorified to become a billionaire on that standard, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody being able to produce a product or a service that adds such great value that you're actually able to make money to that extent. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do just come back to the question of is it necessary and is it relevant and in that process have you actually helped people you know so for example they it's fantastic if somebody comes up with a mm-hmm. high paced delivery service that can get things to you overnight that's fantastic but in the process of that while we've what like what is the impact you know so we as a result have increased consumerism we have more people buying themselves into debt um we have an environmental impact you know there's a question around how sustainable are the packaging that is used um they obviously the impact on the environment from the amount of transport that happens and so forth right so there's so many other things that you can think about and i, and I suppose it's a debate around the balance between the, the amount of employment versus yeah. you know the, the environmental impact and then even with that what are the what are the um what are the employee practices and how are those employees treated? Um, and then just to, to bring it closer to home, I think what's more important and what has more of a valuable impact is those smaller things, you know? So your ability to change people's lives on a micro and meso level just within your community mm. is as valuable and if not even more valuable than becoming a multi-billionaire, right? Simply because in as much as I think those kinds of enterprises do create employment, we've seen continuously that that kind of capitalistic profit maximization never trickles down all the way to the bottom to the people who actually need the support, you know? So if you are running a soup kitchen somewhere, if you've got a spaza shop that's growing and then you become a local retailer in your community and mm-hmm. you're able to support people at a grassroots level, um, if you live in a rural village somewhere and you're able to create a shop or a tourism intervention or something that employs people at that grassroots level, that is impact. That is for me, true impact. That is where we actually then start seeing the transition within our society because those people have the time, they've got the heart and they've got the patience to focus and resolve those issues without thinking about, well, how much money am I going to make from this? Right. Um, And we need, we need people to kind of apply their minds and find that space in between where you're still helping those people, but are able to generate income from it so that you're sustainable as well. You know, so I think the challenge or the the reason why being able to generate income doing social good is important Mm -hmm. is if you, if you pass away, if you are the only person running the business and say, given, you know, you're using your, your extra money every month and something happens to that how then do you continue to do the work that you're doing, right? So it's important yeah. that you're able to generate an income. So the intervention that you've that you've introduced, that you can sustain that. And I think over and above that, the ultimate goal of social entrepreneurship is to make sure that those issues no longer exist. And we can only get to a place where those issues no longer exist if you're able to put money towards resources that can help people grow and help people move out of that particular context um, to, a, to, a bit, to a better one. Oh wow, that yeah, that that definitely does shed a lot of insight, hey. Um, just quickly before we let you go, because um, I know you have to connect elsewhere after this. Um, tell us a bit about uh, the the mentor and why mentorship is so important to you. 
Yeah, so I, if I look at my journey of growth and success and my experiences in business and just as an individual, I definitely mm. believe that a lot of my success is due to the mentors that I've had along my journey. I mean, I write about this in my book, My Hall of Mentors. Um, and my mentors have been everybody from my parents and my grandmother to a lecturer that I had at university, the CEO of the first company I ever worked for, the founder of the first social enterprise I ever worked for, as well as a business partner that I started a business with along the way, you know. Yeah. Um, and then a, 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 about two mentors that I met um, during my Miss South Africa experience. You know, so I've, I've had quite a beautiful, um, diverse group of mentors contribute to my life. Um, and so I wrote that book because I wanted to share those lessons. And um, as a young person, I wanted to be like, and if you know these things, these things can help you to fast track. Uh, and then fast forward into my passion for social entrepreneurship and creating businesses that create good solutions is mm-hmm. what I found oftentimes working with social entrepreneurs is that they often work in isolation by themselves. And what I found a lot working with female entrepreneurs is that they often struggle with finding support, especially mentorship support, right? Yeah. Um, comments that I hear a lot from them is, you know, there's one person that I know, but they think I'm their competition, so they don't want to help me. And so I then set up Mentor because I wanted to specifically support female social entrepreneurs by connecting them to mentors. Um, but mentors in different contexts, you know, so if you run a soup kitchen in South Africa, there's no reason why you can't learn from a woman who runs a soup kitchen in India. And we wanted to create those global connections because what I've seen around the world is people facing the exact same issues we're facing in South Africa, but have really incredible innovations and ways of addressing those particular solutions. But I'm always like, oh, that's good. We could like adapt that and use and use it here, you know, so we wanted to create this global mentorship network where female social entrepreneurs could come together and support one another um, and within our network we've got a membership community which is called the social impact founders club um, and within that our ladies get assigned to peer mentors so they'll you know everyone will have a partner that they matched up with um, and then they'll have access to all the mentors within our database um, and then we also do a monthly skills webinar and they also have the opportunity to be featured in Mm-hmm. our magazine and we support them in other ways as well um and then we we've recently this year launched a free magazine which is called mentor magazine so people can find that online or they can find it on our website at www.mentor.co.za um, but that was just another tool to inspire connect and empower not just female entrepreneurs but anyone who's interested in entrepreneurship and anyone who's who's interested in support and understanding different things along the journey that we were hoping that the magazine could could kind of fill that gap and challenge people to think bigger and challenge people to create better. Oh, that is awesome. Um, any other uh, ways to connect with you? If anyone wants to know more, I think especially about the mentor program in general. Yes. So you can connect with me on across all social media. I do prefer Instagram. So across all so- social media, I am at Nsigi underscore Mkize. And then for mentor, we at the moment only have an Instagram page and that is at mentor underscore I-N-T. Awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. You're still tuned in to Radio Pulpit right here on 657 AM. Do not go anywhere because we've still got a number of things coming in store for you right now. We're going to take our breather and be back shortly right after this.